Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go over to Romans 12. And uh, I said this afternoon when I was uh, ministering, uh, obviously for the Kansas congregation, that I, I think, I think I've, I've reached a point where uh, I can uh, move away from this that we've been on uh, concerning renewing the mind. But then the more I ministered, I thought, well, maybe not. And, uh, but we'll see. Amen. <laughs> Romans 12. Uh, and, uh, of course, we've been on Let Us Draw Near. This is the 18th part of this. Uh, we've been here for 18 weeks, primarily on Wednesday nights. And, uh, you know, the foundation scripture has been Hebrews 10 and 22. And the first part of that verse says, Let Us Draw Near. And uh, we've talked about, in the beginning... Uh, I wasn't necessarily talking about renewing the mind or going to teach on that, but the more it became clear to me that a lot of believers are not drawing near because they, they kind of live their life with God at an arm's length. And a large part of the reason for that is that they are not renewing their minds. And uh, Romans 12 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, or I beg you, I entreat you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. One translation says, do not be conformed any longer to this world, but be transformed or transfigured by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so we've said in previous messages that this is an intentional act, a volitional act on our part. It's something that we have to do. We have to do something with our body. We have to do something with our minds. And we're to renew our minds, obviously, where our covenant rights are concerned, where our standing with Christ is concerned. Uh, we got to renew our minds so we can think like God thinks, so we can act like God that acts. But I made a statement that's really not the application of renewing the mind in this scripture, he says, don't be conformed to this world. And we talked about how that this word conformed is a compound word, uh, two words together. The first word means uh, uh, with or together. The second word means form. And so the idea there is don't be together or, or hooked up to the form of this world. All right. Uh, that's so important because for instance, when you go out to a construction site and maybe they're pouring a sidewalk or they're pouring a, a, a slab or whatever the case may be, well, you never go out there and just see them uh, pouring concrete without a form because there's a form that they want that concrete to take. It may be a square, it may be a rectangle, it may be a circle, but they have to have a form so that that concrete will fill that form and be in the dimensions that they want it to be. And so what Paul is saying by the Holy Spirit is this. We don't want to take on the world's form and be conformed to the world. All right? We're not to be conformed to the world's pattern, the, their way of thinking. Transformation comes. He said, don't be conformed, be transformed. Transformation comes by renewing the mind. And the word transformation, its base definition is this, to change to another form. And I like that because the, the word conform means to be with or together with the form of the world. And he says, you need to be transformed. You need to take on another form. All right? Another form. In uh, Mark chapter 2, we see an illustration of this because... When they use the word transformed, the word is transfigured. One of the meanings is transfigured. And here in Mark chapter 9 and verse 2, 
It says, after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and leads them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And here it is. He was transfigured before them. He was transfigured before them. The Woos Bible says this, And the manner of his outward expression was changed before them, that outward expression coming from and being truly representative of his inner nature. And so what we see is that on the Mount of Transfiguration, what the disciples saw was what was in Jesus. All right, that, that, was, that was who he was. That was the glory that was in him. And he was transfigured. And it says that was truly representative of his hidden nature, inner nature. So this was something that happened to Jesus from the inside out. It didn't happen from the inside out from the outside in. It, it happened from the inside out. When you begin to renew your mind, that renewal starts from the inside out. Amen. And that's why we've said that we have to allow what we are on the inside to be reflected on the outside. Hallelujah. The glory on the inside has to be allowed to have its full expression on the outside. And... This is what transformation does. This, this, this is what no longer being conformed. This is what presenting my body a living sacrifice, being renewed in my mind. This is what it begins to produce. And we begin to take on more and more as we, as we uh, digest the Word, we begin more and more to take on the image of the Word, the image of the invisible God. This book is a description, and this is the DNA of the invisible God. And the more that I partake of the Word, the more I'm not just getting words in me, I'm getting more of God in me. And the more of God that I get in me, the more God people will see in me. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? And, and so it's, it's, it's not this... It's not this uh, issue where you got to grit your teeth and try to make something happen. You have a part to play. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to present your body. But the Word is what's going to do the work. The Bible says that God is the one that works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. The Word is a living substance. And when you take the living Word of God and you place it in your body and you place it in your mind and you place it in your spirit... It begins to work. It begins to bring forth fruit. It is the ever-living, incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And it goes into your spirit and it begins to bring forth the fruit of the Word of God. Hallelujah. And then that glory, what's on the inside, shows up on the outside. That's why, and we're not going to take the time to go there, but that's why the Bible talks about in the book of Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. Right? The fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. Well, those are the fruit that are evident and should be evident in the reborn human spirit. And if you'll read that, there's approximately double the works of the flesh than there is the fruit of the Spirit. But he says, he says the fruit of the Spirit is. He says the works of the flesh are manifest, meaning they'll eventually show up. They'll eventually show up. If you don't do something with your flesh, those works will show up in some fashion. But he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, patience, long-suffering, faith, these different things. Well, my point is, is how do people eventually see that fruit in my life? It begins to be evident because my mind is being renewed, I'm no longer conformed to the world, the works of the flesh are dying, and the fruit of the Spirit is living and coming to life. Glory to God. That's why Jesus said something. He said, you'll know them by their fruit. And what did, what did he say about a good tree and a, and a bad tree? He said, if the, tree's, if the fruit's bad, then the tree's bad. And there's nothing you can do, watch, but cut the tree down. If things are going on in a person's life, the only thing they can do is stop being conformed and start being transformed. I'm the only one that can do that. And it doesn't matter how little it seems. 
It doesn't matter how small it, it, it may appear to be. It may be something that only happens every now and then. But it'll go from happening every now and then to happening all the time if I don't deal with it. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Well, I preach myself happy. I do that regularly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, and we've read this a couple times, but I want you to see this. He says, Paul says to the Ephesian church that you put off concerning the former conversation. Now, conversation here is defined as behavior. That you put off the former behavior. All right? The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And we talked last week about phony righteousness and phony holiness. But notice what it says. It says as you begin to renew your mind that what begins to happen is things in your life begin to take on the image of God. Conversation, of course, we said is, is behavior. And he says, the Woos Bible says, put off once and for all. Once and for all with reference to your former manner of life. The old self. And then it says, and moreover, be constantly renewed with reference to the spirit of your mind. So notice this, put off once and for all. Put off once and for all. So evidently, there are some people in the church in Ephesus that weren't just done with their old behavior. And he's writing them and he says, look guys, just be done with that. Now I know believers that will say it can't be that easy. It says it in the Bible. It can be that easy. Thank you. One amen. One lone amen over here. Because, because we're taught so much in the church about how tough the flesh is. About, about how strong the flesh is. About how hard the flesh is to overcome. Listen, the flesh defined right is this body. You change your mind, this body will go the direction your mind's going. It doesn't have a choice. This is a carrying case. If your spirit's in charge and in control of your mind, this body will go the way your mind goes. Amen. But if the spirit's not in control... And if the passions and the, and the spirit of this age are in control, this body will go that way. So Paul writes the church and he says, put off once and for all. And then he says, and notice, be constantly renewed. So what is, what is this telling us? This is a constant, steady process. When the trumpet sounds and we go in the rapture, or if we go by way of the grave before, we, the, the day before you leave for heaven, you'll be renewing your mind. Why? Because there will always be something to renew my mind to. If it isn't nothing more than new revelation. Because he says there's higher heights and deeper depths. There's things eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. It's not entered into the heart of man, the things that God has for them. But he says they'll be revealed to us by the Spirit. How does the Spirit reveal things to you? The Spirit can only reveal to you things to the level you've renewed your mind. There are things that people can't hear from the Spirit because their mind isn't renewed enough to hear it. Your faith will only work to the level that you've renewed your mind. Because the more you renew your mind, the more you see what God can do. The more you see what God wants you to have. And a lot of people, their faith doesn't work because their mind isn't renewed. But once, you, once your mind is renewed and once you begin to see what the things the way God sees it, then your faith can work at a whole nother level. Amen. Do, 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 do you see that? And what the religious church calls the trials and tribulations of the flesh are just people that are suffering with an unrenewed mind. That's a horrible spiritual disease, the disease of the unrenewed mind. And, 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 but, you know, but people, people, you know, but we're taught in the church to, to, you know, I'm coming up on the rough side. And it's always got to be like that, the rough side. 
And they'll turn around and hit the organ player. Rough side, rough side, rough side. Right? Rough side. And, and here's the thing. Everybody in the church would jump up. Shake that bush, pastor. Turn the light on. Come on in. <laughs> right? And the man hadn't said anything. He hadn't said anything. Just talked about the rough side of the mountain. Right? And then somebody will stand up and testify. I thank the Lord. Oh, I've been going through trials and tribulation. Oh, but the Lord knows. I, he won't put more on me than I can handle. The disease of the unrenewed mind. Amen. Now, I'm talking about the church I grew up in, okay? But, 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 but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I renew my mind, and I understand that, wait a minute. Living for God is not hard. It says the way of the transgressor is hard. Your worst day serving God is better than your best day ever was living in sin. Our, and, and what people call a struggle is they're working, or they're, if they're struggling, they're not working on it to renew their mind. When you just go with the flow, and you just get in there and start renewing your mind, and you're in the Word every day, and you're not just, you know, you're not walking by, I don't even know if they sell them anymore, you're not walking by the little loaf of bread on the table, you know, with the, the promise in it. You know, and, and, and there was a purple one and an orange one and a red one and a blue one. And, and you know, you could run by and get your daily bread. <laughs> right? Took, took about five seconds to read it. Especially if you got the one that said Jesus wept. Right? I, that, then that. But, the, but, the, but the point is, if you take the time every day, if you take the time every day to really sit down and open your Bible... And read your Bible and ingest the Word of God. You'll start finding out in 30 days, your life will get so much easier. Things will get so much easier. Why? Because there's something on the inside of you now that is an answer. And, 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 and what is happening? I'm consistently, constantly renewing my mind. What would happen? What would happen? And, and I'm not challenging you. I'm just saying what would happen if you started tomorrow, if you started tomorrow saying, okay, I'm going to limit exposure in my mind, in my spirit to what the world's saying, and I'm going to take the next 30 days, and if, and, and if it's not reading the Bible, it's going to be reading good books about the Bible, right? And I'm going to leave the news off, and I'm going to leave the sports off, and I'm going to leave the brain candy off. What could happen to your life in the next 30 days? I believe you'd be astounded. Amen. Did, do you see this? Because there's just this glut of information. And it's fighting against the mind. Amen. Disengage from carnal thinking and think from the spiritually alive person that you are in Christ. This, your spirit thinks the word. Your spirit doesn't think carnally. But your spirit cannot override what you want. And so if I'm consistently putting the Word in my mind and feeding my spirit the Word of God, of course it's, it's elementary, but my spirit's getting stronger, and what will it get? A bigger voice. A bigger voice. Amen. Amen. And, and that's the process of mind renewal. And there are people that say, well, you know, I just don't believe it takes all that. What it has always taken is what it will still take. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? The, the, they asked Brother Hagin one time, they said, what is your definition of a spiritual giant? And he said, somebody whose mind is renewed by the word of God. That's powerful to me. So you put on the new man. He said, put on the new man. 
the countenance. In other words, let what is in you come out of you. The renewed mind responds consistently and automatically to the direction of God's Word. The renewed mind responds consistently and automatically to God's Word. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, you know, He didn't have to renew His mind. He wasn't born a sinner. Jesus didn't have to unlearn anything. Now, He didn't have an advantage that you don't have. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. He faced temptations just like we, the Bible says he was tempted in all points, just like we are, yet he didn't sin. Why did he not sin? Because his mind was renewed by the word of God. When the enemy came and tempted him in in the wilderness, the the enemy brought three temptations, well, we see three temptations, and he said three things, and Jesus answered specifically from the word that answered all three of those things. Now, we realize that and we see that, but Jesus was a man of the Word. Jesus could... When you look at at Jesus and His answers to the religious leaders of His day, people very often will say, well, that was Jesus. Jesus knew the Word. He knew how to respond from the Word. They would bring the Word and try to twist it, and Jesus would would knew the Word better than they did, and he He would untwist it and mess them up. Because he knew the Word. Did Jesus have to know the Word? Yes. Why did Jesus have to know the Word? Because he was not in the earth, just in an earth suit. He was here as a man with human frailties and the ability to fail had he chosen to. But he did not. He submitted his will to God. He submitted his will to the Word. And he overcame the enemy on every score. He didn't have to renew his mind because he had sinned. He had to keep his mind filled with the Word of God. And and so will we. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. But the renewed mind responds consistently, automatically, to the direction of God's Word. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That, or we could say so that, the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Notice, who do not walk after the flesh but after the Spirit. They that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded. That phrase is the minding of the flesh. All right? Or we could say, putting your mind on the flesh. Notice what it says. is death. But to be spiritually minded, the minding of the spirit, keeping my mind on the spirit, is life and peace. And then he says, because the carnal mind or the minding of the flesh is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Now, I've heard people quote that verse right there and take it out of its setting. What, but what Paul is saying is you have a choice. If you try to live as a believer with your carnal natural mind, that carnal natural mind will never be subject to the law of God. It says it cannot be. Because if that's what, what your focus is. But he says when you start renewing your mind, and you start minding the things of the Spirit, things start changing. Amen. One translation says, those who are are habitually dominated by the sinful nature put their minds on the things of the sinful nature, but those who are habitually dominated by the Spirit put their mind on the things of the Spirit. Understand something. What you feed on consistently, what you feed your mind determines your mental appetite. All right? Whatever it may be. I, uh, I could very easily be an information junkie. 
I am, I, I am, I, I'm a reader. I'm a voracious reader. I read, read, read. If you go in my room on my nightstand right now, there's probably eight books. And, 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 and I'll finish one, start another one, start, finish that and start another. Now, I'm saying this for a reason. And it's, it's part of my call. It's part, of, it's part of what I do. Information, facts, they stick with me. All right? It's, it's part of what I'm called to do, called to pastor, called to preach, called to lead. Well, here's the thing. If I allow that to be twisted, well, I could sit in front of ESPN six hours. Right? And, and have my mind full of stats, scores. I can know who went where, who did what, who hit this home run, who won this game, who was traded here, who was traded there. And I'm not against your sports. Don't misunderstand me. But here, here's the point. If, if that's what I'm feeding my mind, that's what my mind's going to desire. Well, there's no power in sports center. When the devil comes knocking on the door, you can't go and run him off. <laughs> not going to happen. Right? And again, I'm not, I'm not telling you that's wrong, but you understand what I mean by that. Because the devil don't care who hit a home run in yesterday's game or who was right. And you know that. That's elementary. But if, if you're feeding your mind certain things, that's what it's going to keep desiring. So Paul says that if my mind, if my thinking is on carnal things, that's what it's going to desire. Amen. Hallelujah. If we allow, well, let me say this. If we're allowing the mind to be dominated by the spirit of this age or fleshly desires, and here's what will happen. We'll live out of that provision. Whatever you're allowing your mind to be dominated by, you're going to live out of that provision because that's what you're storing up. And if, 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 if I allow that to be dominated by the spirit of this age or the flesh, then death and destruction are the result because that's the only thing, that's the only provision that's there. Amen. You, you can't feed consistently on how bad things are and then say you're going to believe God for things to get better. You don't have a foundation to believe from. You hear what I'm saying? Because, because that's the first thing that will come up in your mind is what you've been feeding on. And, and that's in any area. I'm not just talking about what's going on in the world. I, I've known people before that couldn't get past the doctor's report because that's what they fed on consistently. They knew everything in the doctor's report. They, they, knew, things about, they knew things about the disease the doctor probably didn't know. They had investigated, they had, I mean, they, they had all, right, they had chapter and verse. And you'd start talking to them and say, well, that can change. Well, you know, they say it can't change. Now, wait a minute. People say, but, you know, pastor, that's not sinful, but that is, that is living from a carnal standpoint, in the natural, carnally. There's nothing they can do about that, nothing they can do. But just because they can't do anything about it doesn't mean God can't heal you and fix the situation. Amen. I've had people say, well, there's no cure for that. That's okay. God can heal you and later they'll find a cure. By the time they find a cure, you'll be healed. But, but the point is, what, what are you thinking on? That doctor's report is good, but that's not what you're supposed to feed on. You might go to the doctor and get a report and now you know what you're dealing with. But you can put your faith on it, but you, that's not supposed to be what you feed on. Amen. Because you might get a report that says, well, you know, you got six months to live. Now, I, don't, I hope nobody in here ever gets that report. But here's, here's the point. A lot of Christians, because of what they feed on, would curl up and quit, Right? Or not know what to do. But somebody's been feeding on the Word of God and putting the right, here it is, provision back. They might get a report like that and they'll say, I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. My days will be long upon the earth. I'll live a long, satisfied life. And I'll go to my grave in a good old age full of days. 
Amen. Do you see this renewing of the mind is more than just what you think about sin. If I'm putting the wrong provisions back, I said if I'm putting the wrong provisions back, then that's all I've got to live from. Amen. If we allow our born-again spirit, which is directed by the Holy Spirit, to dominate, to control, to set up boundaries, to establish the goals in my life. If I'm allowing that to occur, then I'll experience the kingdom provision. Life, peace will be the result. Because I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to set up what I should be thinking about. The boundaries in my life. Now, look in Philippians chapter 4. I want you to see a couple things because we're, we're going we're gonna to look at, in just a moment, the three levels of mental processing. And uh, this is so important. Hallelujah. Folks, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. And, I'm, you know, I don't preach the headlines here. I told my wife one time, I said, I've got a lot more important things to talk about than COVID. And, and, and who's the president? You know, Jesus is still king. I saw a sign one time on the side of the road said, whoever wins, Jesus is still Lord. So, I mean, that, that's just how it is. But, but here's, here's, here's my point that, that I was making. I saw something last year. Nobody in here, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody in here, but I saw something last year. I saw how quickly people become dependent on the government. How quick. Oh, we get a stimulus check. Well, you know, I mean, they, they, they direct deposit my stimulus check, and I stimulated somebody's economy with it, right? But, but, but here's, here's, here's the point that I'm making. I saw, I saw how quick people were like, and, 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 and they just became dependent on that stimulus check or unemployment. Do you ever see a time when people refuse to go back to work because they could make more on unemployment than working a job? Well, Pastor, there's nothing wrong with that if you don't have a renewed mind. But when you have a renewed mind, the Bible says a man don't work, he don't eat. In that scripture, I think that's still in the Bible, right? Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? Why? Because they become dependent. Oh, I can, I can stay at home and do nothing and make more money than I was making on my job. It's an unrenewed mind. The believer doesn't think that way. I, I will say this. Folks, you need to understand something, and you do whatever you, you want to do with what I'm about to say. Whenever you've got a government that's trying to keep people in fear and trying to make themselves out to be the source... There's two things that are going on, socialism and communism. They're, they're trying to keep people afraid because if you keep people afraid, you keep them controlled. And anytime they want to make themselves out to be the source, they're saying, we can take better care of you than you can, so here's what you need to do. Just trust us and we'll take care of you. I'm going to speak loud to be heard on that. Because, because, because when you see people just like baby birds, just whatever they want to poke down their throat, right? Just here, we'll give you this and we'll give you that and we'll give you this. Now you can't stand for anything and you can't disagree with us, but we'll sure give you a check. Amen. Do, do you see that? That, that, that. That's, that's the unrenewed mind. But there are people like you and others that they made the decision years ago. The government, my job, the world's economy is not my source. My source is the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's why you didn't suffer. When the world was suffering, you didn't suffer. 
Because your source was not from an earthly source. It was from a heavenly source. And ever how God had to get it to you, God got it to you. God did what He said He would do. He blessed you. He gave you raises and bonuses. You got better jobs. You bought houses. You bought cars. You built people's faith. I get testimonies all the time of people coming to me and saying, somebody told them, how did you make it? How did you get so blessed during a pandemic? The kingdom, the provision of God was flowing in my life. Amen. Am I helping you tonight? So you, 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 you can't just start thinking along those lines. Well, we'll be okay because they said. They said this needs to be what we're focused on. This is what the Word said. Amen. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, verse uh, 6. I know it's a familiar verse, but notice this. Be careful for nothing. Now stop right there. Other translation says don't be anxious about anything. One translation says do not worry about even one thing. Now how are you not going to worry about even one thing? You've got to renew your mind. Brother Hagin was on his deathbed. And he said, you know, he had gotten saved. He had went to hell three times. And on the third time he was coming back up. And he gave his life to God. Got born again. And uh, he said, I was just so happy to be born again. I didn't care if I died the next day or in the next five minutes. I was just happy to be born again. But he said he was reading through the book of Matthew, and he came upon the scripture where Jesus said, take no, take no anxious thought. Don't worry about anything. And he said, I stopped right there. And I said, Lord, if, if, if it means that I got to quit worrying to be healed, I'll never be healed because I can't quit worrying. And he said, he told the Lord, my grandmother, my mother, and me, we are world champion warriors. And he said, he said for weeks, he was stuck right there. Because he couldn't figure out how you could live your life without worrying. Because that's all he'd been brought up to do was worry. You know, Brother Hagin was bedfast 16 months. But listen. Once he got his mind renewed, it was a matter of days he was off that bed. Once he got his mind renewed, what did he get his mind renewed to? Remember what the Lord said? He said that he told the Lord, he said, Lord Jesus, you said right here, if, if, if I would believe what I say, that I would be healed, that I would have what I say. And he said, Lord Jesus, I believe. And he said, and respectfully, if you were here right now and told me I didn't believe, I would have to respectfully say, Lord Jesus, you're lying. I do believe. And he said, the Lord said, you're right. You do believe as far as you know. Right? So see what was wrong. He didn't know. There's something he didn't know. And I have people come to me and they'll say, well, I'm doing everything I know. Well, maybe you just don't know enough. Maybe I need to know more. See, there was something he needed to have his mind renewed to. And once he, Jesus pointed it out to him, and he said, notice what it says. It says, believe you receive when you pray. And he said, the light came on. He said, oh, I got it, I got it. I got to believe I'm healed while I'm still in this bed. Right? And he said, that's when I got it. And he said, the next day, I told my mother, lay me some clothes out. Well, actually, the, the next day, he said, I decided. I sat up in the bed and pulled my legs off the side of the bed and grabbed that bed post and stood there till the feeling came back in his legs. And he said, then the next day, I told my mother, lay out some clothes. I'm going to come eat breakfast in the morning. Well, now notice, he had been bed fast 16 months. And finally, the light came. His mind got renewed. I got to believe I'm healed while I'm still in this bed. Two days later, he's out of the bed. But where, where did his mind renewal start? I got to renew my mind that I don't have to worry. Is that right? So he said, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And notice, the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and any praise, think on these things. These things that you've both learned and received and heard and seen in me doing the God of peace 
shall be with you. Now, there's a, there's a process here. When our minds are renewed, we will, according to verse 6, take control of anxious thoughts. When our minds are renewed, we'll take control of those anxious thoughts. I don't have to worry. Nothing can make you worry if you won't participate. I told somebody one time, I said, tell me one thing that you've worried about that happened. And they just looked at me. It never happened. It never, it never happened. Right? The enemy deals with what ifs, what might happen, what could happen. Right? What if your children don't get saved? Oh, too bad, devil, they're already saved. Well, they're, li- they're living in sin. Yeah, but the Bible says the, Bible says the promise is to me and to my children. And so I have received them saved. Right? So, so I'm not going to worry about saved folk going to hell. Yeah, but they're not saved. There's your problem. You're not calling those things that be not as though they were. It's, it's, it's not okay in what people are doing, but you, you've got to make a decision. What, what's the difference? If you go to the doctor and the doctor says you have an incurable disease and you come out saying you're healed. Did the disease leave your body? Well, no. Then why are you saying you're healed? Because the Bible says I'm healed. Well, the Bible says that the promise to you is that your children will be saved. So there's no difference in you calling your children saved than you calling yourself healed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Verse 7, it says, When our minds are renewed, that the peace of God will be ours. When our mind is renewed. That all-encompassing peace. It says when our minds are renewed, verse 8, we'll have the right parameters for our thought life. These are the parameters for your thought life. And the very first, the, the, the first two, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, that pretty much does away with the evening news. Folks, you know, I don't tell you what you should watch, but I, I, I've been cautioning you. You need to stay away from the news. You do whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not your dad, but you stay away from the news. That's my opinion. Unless you can watch it with some faith in it. Somewhere. Amen? You got to be careful with that. Why? Because if you're listening to what's not true and what's not honest, it, it'll begin to twist your thinking. And you'll start thinking, well, maybe they are right. or maybe, Right? you got to be led. And you can't be led getting your information source from somewhere else. Amen. Verse 9, it says, And uh, the God of peace will be with you. When my mind's renewed, I'll have the working and the operation of the peace of God. The God of peace in my life. Because my mind is renewed. I got two more verses. Look here at 1 Peter 1 and 13. This is, this is uh, such an important verse. 1 Peter 1 and 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Roos Bible says, Having put out of the way once and for all everything that would impede the free action of your mind. And when he says gird up, that's exactly what it it carries the idea of, is that you're freeing yourself up for action. You're freeing yourself up for mobility. All right, this this, this person needs to move very quickly. They need to move very fastly. Their their long flowing garment is in the way, so they gird it up. They they bring it up and tie it with the the belt around their girdle, around their loins, excuse me, around their waist. And uh, notice that he says that what you need to do is gird up the loins of your mind. I think it's interesting that then Ephesians 6 says the first thing you need to do to put on the whole armor of God is to have your loins gird about with truth, right? Which is the logos, the, the, the written word of God, all right? And it's interesting that Paul tells us to gird our loins with truth and then Peter says gird up the loins of your mind. So he's telling me how to do this. This is with the word. I do this with the word. All right, but there's something to see here. He uses the word loins. Loins infers creative power. 
the, cre- the, the creative seat in the body. This lets us know that our minds are where our future starts. The, the thought gives birth to the action. You've never done anything without thinking about it. People say, well, I did that without thinking. No, you didn't. You may not have thought very long. But you can, the way the human being is made up, you cannot act without thinking. You, you may get out of your chair tonight and walk, and we say without thinking about it, but you did. You thought about getting up. You had to think about getting up to give action to your body to move. You may not have looked at everybody and said, oh, everybody, I'm going to get up now. You didn't, right? Amen. Or whatever. But so the mind is where the creative power begins. Our future, our ideas, our plans are formed in our mind. They come from our, should come from our spirit, but they're formed in our mind. The spirit will give us an idea and then the mind goes to work to put it into operation. Amen. And he says you've got to gird it up. You've got to tighten your mind. Pastor Michelle says put a girdle on your mind. I can see from some looks, y'all don't know what a girdle is, but you know. But you, you, understand, you understand why that would be? Tighten up your mind. Hallelujah. In uh, finally, 2 Corinthians 10. I said finally, I got one more after that, but it won't take very long. I mean, there isn't nothing waiting for you, but a sandwich maybe. Right, so we don't, hallelujah. You say, well, I want to go to bed. Well, the longer we stay, the more tired you'll be, and you'll go right to sleep. <laughs> Amen. You know I'm not going to keep you late. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, notice, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. So we see something right away, that, that carnal weapons are not mighty. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we see here three levels of mental processing. The first level is thoughts. Thoughts. I've got to be selective about what thoughts I think. And very often when people hear that, they think, they think sinful thoughts, lustful thoughts. Well, of course you shouldn't think that. But the Bible talks about thinking no evil of your brother or sister. Uh, the, the Bible talks about not thinking anxious thoughts. It's, it's thoughts, period. All right? He says the first level of, pro, of mental processing is thoughts. It comes as a thought. The thought comes. All right? That's so important. Because if I can learn to recognize that, you got to keep a playbook on the devil. And, and how he works, right? Because he works, he works with everybody the same way, but different. It'll be a different thing. If, if you see a person that constantly is falling and constantly making mistakes, that all started with a thought. And if they'll look back, they started feeling something, experiencing something, they, right? What a sensation, whatever it was, that was the enemy bringing that thought. And if they learn to recognize that thought, you got to recognize it first at the thought level. And if I can recognize it at the thought level and do what? Bring it into captivity. Right? Bring it into captivity. Because Brother Hagin, you know, he always said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. He said, you can't stop the devil from bringing a thought, but you can, stop him from, you can stop it from operating in your life. You don't have to say it. Unspoken thoughts die unborn. Hallelujah. Then the second level is imagination. I got to cast down imagination or mental images. Images. Im- image. Images. Imagination. Mental imaging produces behavior. You will always go the direction of your most recent thought. And he says, I've got, notice what he said, I've got to do, I've got to cast down imaginations. 
In other words, you don't pray about them. You don't, you don't, you cast them down. That's not my, that's not, that's not the image I want. Right? And you cast it down. The word carries the idea, the connotation of a violent action. You're not just saying, no, I cast that down. You're grabbing it and you're throwing it on the ground and you're holding it down. I'm not going to think that way. Right? Because your mind is your mind. And it's going to think what you want it to think or what you allow it to think. And people say, well, I don't want to think that thought. If you entertain it, there's something in you that likes it. Let me go over here. If you entertain it, there's something in you that likes it. Right? Amen. I think it was Brother Leonard, uh, Prophet Ford, that was ministering at the Kansas location. And, and was it Brother Leonard you were talking about guys saying they were window shopping? And you, and you said, why, why are you window shopping? Right? I mean, how long does it take you to figure out what's there? You're looking because you want to. Right? Amen. Let me help you, all you married guys. There's nothing in the window you want. Thank you. Amen. Right? Mental imaging produces behavior. This is so important. Because, Because if you see yourself needy, you can never be prosperous. If you see yourself sick, you can never be well. If you see yourself defeated, you'll never win. Because you won't, you won't rise to another level. And, and while that may seem elementary, it's just, I, I've had people ask me, Pastor, you know, how have you done this? Or how, I've seen myself doing it. It's just, it's, it's, I, I don't think I can lose. And I've had people tell me, you can't. I can't. Because I'm more than a conqueror. Thanks be unto God that always causes us to triumph, always gives us the victory. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Amen. So you can't lose. We always win. We always win. Why? Because that's what we do. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, Pastor, how are you doing? I said, outstanding. It never changes. Amen. Hallelujah. You're having good days or better days? Better. Then finally, the third level of mental process is strongholds. I know we went back, went reverse, but you've got to see it this way. It starts with a thought. It brings an imagination, and if you don't deal with it, it'll create a stronghold. A thought's not a stronghold. An imagination is not a stronghold. A stronghold is born of the thought and the imagination. Once that thought gets in there and gets a hook in your mind, and then you begin to image that, now you got a stronghold. And that's why you got to deal with it when it's a thought. Amen. I've had people come to me and say, you know, I've been thinking about this, and it'd be something, something just they shouldn't be thinking about. And I'll ask them, why would you be thinking about that? Amen. 2 Timothy 1.7, you know what it says. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now notice something there. It says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. That word, that phrase, sound mind, is a disciplined, self-controlled mind. So as I'm closing, so that means that there shouldn't be instances of Christians popping off, losing control of their tongue, saying things they didn't mean. Right? Because I have a disciplined, self-controlled mind. 
right? Yeah, but, you know, that person was just plucking my last nerve. Yeah, but your mind is your mind. I mean, we don't have a lot of leeway here. I don't think. Because it depends. How much of God do you want people to see? I don't want people to have to try to see God through my fit. Amen. I don't. I have a sound, disciplined mind. Self-controlled, disciplined mind. In other words, I'm in control of my mind. No, we're not going to think that way. We're not going to act that way. That's not what's going to happen. Right? If you've got to grab yourself by the nap of the neck or by the ear like your mama used to and pull yourself around and you get over here and you sit down and you be quiet, we're not thinking that way. Amen. Oh, my mother's five foot nothing and she'd smack you in a minute. I know you see her now and she's all, this is my son. Oh, Jesus. Something, something happened to the woman when we all left the house. She changed. Now, my sister got a lot more whippings than I did. I was always the good one. Amen. But, but, but if, if she ever looked at you and, and that tongue went like this, you're in trouble. You have said something that you're going to pay for. Amen. Now, the reason I'm saying that is, you know, by the time I was 12, I was bigger than her. That didn't matter. She'd get an equalizer, a broom. Because you're going to act right. You hear what I'm saying? You're going to act right. And that's how you got to do with your mind and your thoughts. You're going to think right. I'm going to demand that I think right. And, and then, I'll close with this. And then when you get faced with the decision, you get faced with a situation that could be life or death, that, that could, that you, you go to your job and you get laid off, your mind doesn't go to failure and to defeat and to what are we going to do. Your mind accesses the provision of God. Amen. When, when you go to the doctor and the doctor and the doctor says, and the doctor says, you've got this or you're dealing with this or whatever the case may be, your, your mind then doesn't go to the carnal side, it goes to the provision of God. I'm the healed of the Lord. By His stripes, I am healed. Every disease, German virus that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Because you're accessing some provision. Amen. Because things that go right in your life, it was not a coincidence. Amen. From day one, when Liliana's school opened up, from day one, and they were going back to school, we, of course, we've always declared the word over her, but we started including her school, and we said, in the name of Jesus, no disease, germ, and virus will touch that school. Every disease, germ, and virus that touches that school dies instantly in the name of Jesus. They didn't have one case. It didn't even smell that school. Well, you know, that was coincidence. No, it wasn't. Somebody was praying. Somebody was praying. There's no such thing as coincidence. No such thing as luck. No such thing as it just happened. Somebody caused it to happen. Amen. You're going to go home tonight and you're going to cause some things to happen. Amen. You're going to go home tonight and you're going to cause some things to happen. Why? Because things are changing. Things are changing. I'm, I'm telling you, there, there's an influx, there's a flood that's about to come into people's lives. And I'm telling you, I, I'm not just talking about finances. There's a move of the power of God that's going to begin in the lives of God's people. And it's going to radically transform our life. And there are things that you've been believing God for that you're going to see Him in the next three to six weeks. You're going to see Him in the next couple months. It's going to come to pass. And it's going to be like it's always been there. It's going to happen so quickly. You got to keep your mind stayed on that. I, I received a word. I, I received a word from the Lord from a, 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 a friend of mine that said, if you'll spend the next 40 days worshiping and praising God, 
uh, uh, in private. It'll be evident in the 90 days after that. And you know, I did that, and it's evident. It's evident in our services. It's evident in my life. It's evident in every area. Why? Because what God said is what God will do. And you got to renew your mind to the fact that if God told you, God's going to do it. Amen. I believe God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's stand up tonight, shall we? I hope you received tonight. I know you did. Oh, glory.